Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine and the UK's number one vegan content site. In part one of today's episode, myself and my co-host Molly discuss the fact that vegan runners are now Parkrun's biggest club and how you can help keep them at the top. We also chat about vegan seafood alternatives, losing our cooking mojo and how to make lasagna in a pan to save on washing up. But if you want to skip to the main event, go to part two when I'll be chatting to musician, DJ, producer and director Moby. We'll be talking punk rock, animal rights and personalised activism in this exclusive interview. What long have we got left of January? I feel like it's been like 72 days. It's gone on forever. And, uh, and, and are you still not drinking? No, no oh, drink. Done. I know. No drink really healthy food still allowing myself a few treats but yeah have you felt much of a difference yeah I have actually apart from today when I am very very tired but I think (laughs) just because it's quite it's been lovely and sunny recently hasn't it and it's that's like my favorite time I think it's everyone's favorite weather when it's cold but blue sky crisp sort of really really fresh outside I love that going for a walk on my lunchtime I've gotten to a really good routine um and today is I don't mind it's dry but um yeah it's pretty cold I'm like do you know what I my office was today which is like so extra um I was out in the garden and um we're in the middle well I say in the middle of moving house we're getting ready to move house um so um cherry was emptying the shed long story short why am i just explaining everything (laughs) i'm interested (laughs) that was so long um i was sat on the back on my laptop i had a little fire going it was so nice you were sat where in the back garden Uh, in the back garden with a fire going oh wow i know and it was actually so lovely i think i was out there for like three hours what (laughs) i know I stay I think that's why I might be so tired is because sort of I just is being around smoke like does that tire you out? I feel like that's one of the things like mums say. Just like, <laughs> well, you've been around this bonfire night or whatever. It's just like the fire does tire you out. It's probably all that fresh air. Yeah, that's probably know. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's I might try that, but then yeah. I think my husband will think I've gone mad. I'm like, I'm in the garden working with my It's actually pit. so nice because it's just a complete change. And I try and like go to different rooms or whatever, because just working in one room on your own, it gets pretty um, stagnant is the word, I think. Um <laughs> I'm yawning. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Biggest, not, I'm not. You're not boring me. I'm just. Yawn. I'm just having a tired moment. I know. Um, Why are we so tired? I think. I think 
the whole world is tired at this point. <laughs> yeah. Tired of January. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to try that. It does get boring sitting on the same chair. And I'm just, I, I really want to get a stand-up desk. That's what I want to get. Me too. I really want one. But then you've got to get the desk. And then you've also, I want a standing desk and I want a, um, the like a treadmill that you sort of, stick underneath but it's oh, kind of wow. it's just like it's like a flat treadmill so I won't be running I just want to be walking because I really want to get my steps up because I just I'll do workouts but I won't go outside and I think this is my issue like I'll do <laughs> I'll do like uh, all of these weights and stuff and then I'll just sit on the sofa so I need to sort of like keep my steps up which okay. is hard to do in the I, winter do you reckon we could um get get the bosses to uh provide us with standing desks? I don't think they'll they'll go for the treadmill though what if I plead? Well, maybe. <laughs> I need to... to get my steps up. <laughs> I need to get my steps up. Please, can you buy me a treadmill? <laughs> it's only £500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they'll go for that. Yeah. Sorted. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about vegan stuff. Um, yes. Vegan runners are now currently the biggest club in park run which is super That's exciting mad. are you a vegan runner like apart i know you are a vegan runner but are you sort a part like, of the group uh, i'm sort of like a pretend vegan runner at the moment i'm not not pretend i'm signed up i've paid my fee my annual membership which is like six quid or something wow sort of oh okay and i'm ordering my my vest but the problem is I don't have any vegan runners friends near me. So I'm oh, like on the Facebook no. group and I'm, you know, getting my vest, but it's just going to be me running around. <laughs> oh, no. Is there anyone like kind of close that you can drive to and then run? I think so. But we're talking like half an hour to an hour away. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit. So it's a bit, a bit rubbish. Much, but I don't care. I'm just going to start doing it on my own and then it'll be like um, Forrest Gump. I'll, yeah, yeah if you build it they'll come exactly you know? all these vegans will come out of the woodwork and be like oh my god a vegan runner. literally like snow white all of these like just <laughs> animals appearing but they're not animals they're vegan runners and they're Following all coming me. out of the bushes yes <laughs> exactly Amazing. i love but that thing is you don't have to you know all you have to do is go on to the park run um you know, log into your park run page mm -hmm. and put vegan runners as your primary club and it'll count. So everybody needs to do that. And I've I've said on the uh, Facebook group today that I do a shout out on the podcast because yeah. there's loads of other clubs trying to um sort of get knock us off the top spot. And I think some of them knock say, us off. I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to stay up there. So everyone needs to go and do that. Have you done a park run? Yeah, I've done four. They um so basically you know where i live is like all newly built it's like yeah, weird, yeah. weird prince charles little project um yeah called poundbury if anyone wants to look it up uh the daily mail <laughs> what's your address <laughs> <laughs> the daily mail hate it you know well oh. they love it they love writing about is there anything it. that the daily mail like apart yeah, from jeremy true. clarkson and piers morgan true yes very true but um they yeah so there's this like big it's called the great field and it's um the great field wow. yeah just like a big sort of bit of park space um, <laughs> so yeah they started the park run there and it's literally like five minutes well probably less than that from my house literally like wow. down, down the road which is amazing so I've got no excuse now so yeah I've done four um and I keep meaning to do them every week but then <laughs> Can you just go? Like, can you just sign up and go? Maybe I, I think this is what I need to do. I need to do one with other people. They um, are good fun. Yeah. Where's yeah. the one in Bristol? Uh, Eastfield Park. Oh, yeah. Which is a lovely park. It's very hilly, though. Bristol is just hilly in general. I'm it just going to have to deal with that. Um, uh, yeah. I think I might need, because I'm still not back running. Oh, bless you. I well, know. Don't stress about it. No. You, do you know what I was thinking after we had that chat with women's running mm -hmm. and if anyone wants to listen go back a few episodes and have a listen um and I'm sorry for talking about running so much but I know a lot of listeners <laughs> it's of literally listeners our life right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of listeners do go running as well whether that's yeah. you know like competing or just kind of the odd jog around the block like us <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, go go back and have a listen. Um, so they were saying about the gate, weren't they? And the if you're like, so I think I overpronate 
which I think since chatting to them is giving me so it's I sort of tip yeah isn't this pronate is is where your feet land when you walk or run isn't it so some I think I'm on the sort of outside um of my so yeah. of my foot yeah so I'm on the inside so since I've sort of been conscious of that when I'm running I feel like I'm getting less like hip and an outer mm, knee pain that's good. So, but yeah I don't know whether that's yeah maybe help if you just think you know consciously think about it yeah that's just a lot of things to think about isn't there when you are running it's just there like is. keep your shoulders back keep <laughs> this all in yeah. place and keep your core engaged are you meant to keep your core engaged i feel like you're meant to keep your core engaged at yeah. anything that you do and, and relax but think about all also these relax, other things enjoy try not to get run over oh there's a puddle <laughs> oh there's a person oh my song i don't like this song <laughs> oh there's a leftover bit of takeaway <laughs> on the floor oh now i need to pee oh god it's so complicated i'm sure it's just supposed to be like a natural thing i i feel like this is my therapy session i come to complain about running that i'm not doing yeah (laughs) definitely same (laughs) um well the other thing everyone seems to be talking about is um the prawn sam the no prawn sandwiches no um, from aldi and asda which i'm really sad that i haven't been able to get hold of yet um but everyone's trying to find out where the prawns are from so they can kind of make a prawn curry or whatever else Um, yeah have you ever had i bought um some prawns from there's a big asian supermarket by me um and they had this was like a few years ago as well but they were massive they're like king prawns they were like vegan king prawns um and i I don't know what they were made out of. It was really, really hard. They weren't like amazing. Um, they were kind of the they're a bit of a novelty, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's that yeah. novelty of having that like something a bit different and a bit of a different texture. And mm. um, but the the prawns in the I was looking at the Asda website. They are made from seaweed and a bunch of e numbers which isn't necessarily yeah. that great <laughs> yeah it's the seaweed bit it just it really perplexes me because they look like prawns they look like they're made out of some sort of like gluten or soy protein like they've yeah. got like a very meaty look um i will be honest though our lovely boss sally she managed to get hold of one um one of the as aldi ones even um and it didn't smell great. Oh, really? It didn't smell great. And she was, I think she said it wasn't great, but it wasn't like the worst thing she's eaten. Yeah. A lot of people were saying they it was a little bit like there wasn't enough sauce and stuff in it, which is why everyone wants to get the prawns to then, you know, yeah. their own thing. So anyone on those Facebook groups um, or who's been thinking the same, I am on the case, I'm in contact mm. with Aldi and Asda to try and investigate. <laughs> what, what can you use to make prawns? There's loads of different things, isn't there? Like mushrooms are really, really I good. I was thinking that. Yeah, oyster yeah. mushrooms, maybe. Yeah, oyster mushrooms. Or, or like the king king oyster mushrooms. The kind of, like, yes. I, think, I think they might also be called trumpet mushrooms. Yeah. Um, those are really good because I think they use those to recreate like scallops and things like that. So they've got that kind of um, chewy but sort of yeah. texture which I think would be really good or hearts of palm yeah I think hearts of palm would be good and work. then yeah just less as you say e-numbers and yeah all of that other stuff yeah, other weird you can just, just go to town with it yeah that's a good idea I think I've got some tins of hearts of palm in my I still need mine. to get some I've never tried them yeah I don't often see it in the supermarket but when I do I try and grab some no, apparently they're in Waitrose and I need to go um, probably, probably about four pound a tin or something. <laughs> yeah, I've not treated myself to a waitress visit in a long time. <laughs> it's like an M&S visit, isn't it? It's just like, go on. Oh, well, annoyingly, I've got a little waitress really close to me. And it's just, yeah, it's just a nightmare because when you've run out of something. Yeah, that's just like, how you have to go. It's just where you go. And then, of course, you're like, ooh, yellow stickers everywhere. And like no. sometimes you'll get it because it's got a yellow sticker, but it's still like three pounds something. And you're thinking, that's not a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> and they also, I didn't realize as well, they had so much 
not necessarily of like their own vegan products, but they just had so many different brands there as well. That because I've got a full like big supermarket by me, and I've never gone in there. Um, Tesco girl at heart. Um, so yeah, I I think maybe last year I've lived in this house now for almost three years, and only last year I went. Oh, um, right. And there was just so many. There was like the Biffs, um, yeah. like the chicken drumsticks and stuff like that, and like loads of brands that I've, I just wouldn't have thought that they'd have, but yeah, yeah they did. It is quite good in there now. Yeah, the Biffs. Some yeah. um, I think the other day I got reduced the Biffs loaded waffle fries with like Ooh. cheese and jalapenos. Oh, you're making it wasn't, me I know it was for my daughter, not me. She scoffed a lot. Um, but you know what else I think Waitrose are rumoured to be getting is do you remember we taste tested ages ago the juicy marble steaks yes I think about them all the time they're they were good weren't they they divided Um, a lot of people yeah they they were they weren't for everyone but I absolutely loved them yeah I did I did like them actually Um, it surprises me that I like meat replacement so much because I never I'm like kind of meat. surprised at that to be honest yeah that is something that I mean I you're not eating it every day though are you so I no. think it's it's something that whilst it's still like it's still a treat you know yeah I like trying it all I think yeah. why I didn't I never liked meat was because I always knew yeah down it was it, you know it sort of used to gross me out because I'd be like oh what's that and you know, so obviously, mm. deep down, I, I, it, the seed was already there that I didn't want to eat it because I knew it was a dead animal. Yeah. So actually, like now, it's like I can just enjoy the food, conscious, conscious, conscience free, knowing it's not yes. anything gross. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But no yeah, guilt here. Yeah. But no, the um, Juicy Noirbles, I think they're doing a um, No Beef Wellington as part of the meal deal. Is that right? I think. It's yeah, something. I think it might be like a Valentine's Day one or maybe just a sort of supermarket meal deal thing that they do. Not the like sandwich and crisps and drink and thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what my mum said. I was telling my mum and I went, yeah, it's £9. She went, £9 for a meal deal. I was like, no, not the sandwich. <laughs> £9, that, that is really good. Considering these steaks, when we had them... I was like, I need more. I need more. It was kind I know. Of a bit like, oh my god, I need it again. Yeah. Um, but wasn't I think they were like thirty-four I know, I, euros or something? Wasn't yeah, it? and I don't, I don't know whether they kind of only sell to like restaurants and stuff like that. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, if it's for like public, public sales or whatever. But they are, they are expensive, but worth, worth the treat. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> talking about um cost there's uh, it's been in the news this week that restaurants are dropping meat dishes due to the rising costs of meat mm-hmm. um which is amazing my um my husband is he just can't seem to give up meat and the other day he, he doesn't eat a lot of it especially yeah. you know compared to what he used to uh, just be now and again he'll seem to sort of be like i want you know some chicken or it's that craving yeah, yeah like I want a ham sandwich or what he's quite sort of old school with his food yeah like eating. well so anyway um he said oh I just feel really tired I feel like I need some meat and I was like just kind of gave him the glare like I'm disappointed <laughs> in you don't talk to me about this <laughs> I'm not so, angry I'm disappointed yes <laughs> that's the worst thing you can say isn't it so I just kind of like was like whatever so he went to Waitrose because that's the nearest you know place yeah and um then he came back and he went yeah you're right like five pounds for for meat and um you know it's a it's a lot and actually like it's a dead animal and I just went <gasps> what oh my god <laughs> this is a breakthrough yeah so, I can get some get some corn ham I love the corn ham and I think yeah. squeaky bean as well do oh um, god there's so many now isn't there yeah squeaky bean do like a thick cut sort of like smoke I don't know if it is smoked actually um or maybe like applewoods yeah it might be smoked yeah um, ham as well so it's not like the sort of cheap thin kind of yeah. tasting ones or get the seitan on the go i did some, mm. i did um turkey seitan at the weekend um Ooh. with rice paper put rice paper over it to give it a crispy skin Oh, yeah. you out. I know. I'm winning in the in the cooking stage. You actually, oh, you actually are. I'm I'm not. 
I've not been as adventurous as what I once was. I think because I'm just watching kind of, particularly in the week, like just my oil intake. That was my one thing, like oil. Mm. Um, even though it wasn't, you know, like sunflower oil or anything like that. It was, it would always be like extra virgin olive oil. Yeah. Um, and like the good quality, the good quality stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would just add so much to it. And yeah, I've, I'm trying to cut that out a little bit. So unfortunately, my food hasn't been excited. But I don't know why I've I've sort of why I think oh because it's not got loads of oil and butter and salt <laughs> it can't be this like delicious meal and it's like of yeah. course it can. I actually um, a bit of a plug for VFL here. Um, <laughs> I made the what did I make the um, like one Ooh, pan skillet lasagna? Yes, one pan the- lasagna. Yes, it's the the cover star of the latest vegan food and living magazine. It is February that is issue. now on sale. February issue, twenty twenty three. Buy yours now. <laughs> um, yes, and that was delicious. I love a lasagna, but it is quite um, like laborious, isn't, isn't it? Just doing the layers and just the bloody washing up. It's yeah. My bo- my boyfriend, he. Um, will spend probably about a day and a half if he makes the lasagna he'll he'll do the sauce the day before oh um, yeah i know it's, it does my head in um, <laughs> <laughs> just do it all at once no does the sauce the day before then he sort of adds in like the vegan mints or whatever and then it'd be the bechamel um and what else goes in the lasagna? And then you've got to layer it all up, then the cheese and what have you. Yeah. And it's just, it's a lot of work, isn't it? But this, all in one pan, ready in like under an hour. Brilliant. How do you do it all in one pan? I mean, I should know because I sourced this recipe. But... I know. Don't you know? <laughs> I what it said now. You literally just, you just, so I've got um like a cast iron um pan like yeah. a sort of a flat one with like handles on both sides and it's got a lid on it right, I can't yeah I don't know how to it's a skillet I know that's an American term isn't it skillet. potentially is skillet a skillet got like um is it like ribbed probably isn't the right word <laughs> <laughs> ribbed for your lasagna no. pleasure <laughs> Why did that just come? Like, it's got the bumps, like the grill. Yeah. <laughs> I've no idea. Anyone Not... listening in America, we do have quite a lot of American <laughs> listeners. Let yes. us know. What's the skillet? We, we're confused. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's because I've seen this recipe. I feel like it's a bit of a TikTok um, viral recipe Trend. going on. Like, yeah. One, one pan lasagna. But you literally just do it all in there. Like, you fry the onions off, um, your like vegetables, whatever. Then you add the mints then you do the sauce and then you just break the pasta sheets up oh um, okay and... so it's not sort of layered no 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 so it's it's, sort of... it's kind of breaking um yeah you break the sheets up dip them in the sauce leave that cook for a little bit um and then you sprinkle the cheese on put the um lid on the pan pan on the pan so <laughs> the cheese gets all melty and gooey this is my trick now you have to steam cheese for it to melt really really well ah. and then you stick it under the grill or whatever to crisp it up nice oh mm. i'm getting really hungry i know <laughs> i know i tell you what I, I do feel bad because we talk a lot about sort of uk supermarkets and people listening from <laughs> around the world they're probably thinking what are you talking about i know um, but i'd love to hear what people wherever you are um listening what what you're sort of having for dinner tonight because yeah. we, we're a bit like do you go through phases where you're like super on fire and you're like I'm making this and I'm making that yeah and then suddenly you just crash and just go I literally can't think of anything except a jacket potato yeah just want tomato pasta yeah and you're just like oh food's so boring and you need to sort of get your mojo back don't you it's hard isn't it and I think it kind of if you're just genuinely tired and everything's busy or whatever in your life you're just yeah I think cooking just kind of it's not the priority is it as long as you're having like a meal that fills you up and is you know slightly nutritious or whatever it, that'll that'll do me yeah I feel like I'm kind of in that phase at the moment which is yeah. a bit sad sometimes it's just like survival isn't it like... yeah and I, I do hate being like that like when I see these people that just kind of eat food just to survive it's just like do you have joy in your so life depressing 
yeah like what what happens there like and the food they eat as well it's just like I think you need to start eating for pleasure (laughs) (laughs) Molly you need we want these restaurant quality meals back again next month I know next February I'll be on the wine again and I'll be good I'll be cooking it all up cooking we want like this Michelin star dishes that we're used to I know I know let me just let me get my summer bod not summer bod every bod is a summer bod (laughs) let me get my healthy lifestyle still on track and yeah I'll do it yeah okay good (laughs) um one thing I um wanted to mention was um you can vote for your vegan heroes and win an air fryer so head over to vegan food living and you can vote for like restaurants cookbook authors celebrities Mm. um and one celebrity who is on the list I actually interviewed last week so he's coming up um next um and it's Moby so I actually that's... can't believe you've done this. Like, it's, it's not not that I didn't have faith, but I just can't. Yeah, thanks, that. Molly. <laughs> no, I know you. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> no, it's just mad. Our little show has got big old Moby in there. Big I old know. Moby. <laughs> I hope you called him that. <laughs> well, I was a bit like, do I call him Moby? And he hadn't. He didn't have his camera on. So at the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, oh. Um, Moby. <laughs> turn your camera on and oh. and the thing the prs were like who were on the call were kind of freaking out um sort of going um, um we didn't know this was going to be video and i was just like but i have to put the interview up for our patrons so yeah it was a bit of an awkward moment but he didn't seem to mind plus i wanted to see him like i'm interviewing yeah. him are you actually him. there is this yeah. just an ai bot that's yes like one of those deep fake things <laughs> that's just it's not actually moby exactly. but this is actually moby definitely Moby yeah saw his tattoos he's got vegan for life on his neck and um animal down one arm massive and then right down the other arm huge like a huge s covering the whole of his um back of his uh hand so yeah it did inspire me I thought god Holly you should get a little something little v or something (laughs) like please get animal right bold (laughs) just all across your neck just like a big collar <laughs> that might be a bit extreme going from nothing to that but perhaps you're, you roll- could... you're rolling with the big guys now the big old moby you've got to compete <laughs> but you used to be a tattoo artist didn't you unless i don't think artist is the right word i used to give tattoos in my living room <laughs> oh, okay maybe you could do me a tiny little thin i bean. i literally cannot give people tattoos anymore I just give myself just too much. I had just had panic attacks after every tattoo because I was just like, I've just ruined your body forever. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. Oh my God, you're mad. I know. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just do it myself with a bit of biro and then I can. Yeah, I can give you, I can give you all the stuff and I can just be like, just talk you through it, you know? Yeah. Okay. After a few drinks, this, this could go seriously wrong. Oh God. But, um, anyway. <laughs> anyway stick around for moby who has a new film out called the punk rock vegan movie today's podcast is sponsored by the award-winning ilchester vegan melting mature described as the best melting vegan cheese on the market that's right ilchester vegan melting mature shares the same meltability factor as dairy cheddar cheeses something that until its launch many found lacking in other plant-based cheeses It really is the perfect cheesy addition to any meal. It melts well on vegan burgers, toast, nachos and more. And it's fortified with vitamin B12 and calcium. What's not to love? Okay, we're hungry now. Pick up this super oozy cheese in block or slice format in a Sainsbury's or Tesco store near you. I'm very excited to welcome Moby to the podcast today. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, so you're probably best known for your 1999 album Play, which I have to say brings back fond memories. I've had it on repeat this week just <laughs> um, since I found out I was going to be interviewing you. Um, it sort of, yeah, brings back fond memories of sort of the soundtrack to my early 20s. But um, us vegans also know you as a huge animal rights advocate. So when did you first discover veganism? Well, I... I when I became a vegan in 1987 so I've been vegan now for 35 years 
I was first exposed to veganism in 1982. I was playing in a hardcore punk rock band called the Vatican Commandos. And we drove to Akron, Ohio to play a, a show in a pizza parlor. And we ended up staying at a vegan squat. It was basically an abandoned house that a bunch of vegan punk rockers were living in. And at that point, I barely even knew what vegetarian was, let alone vegan. So that was the first time I ever heard the word vegan. And to be clear, in the 80s, no one really knew how to pronounce the word vegan. Like even in 1987, when I went vegan, you would go to a restaurant and say like, do you have vegan food? And they'd be like, we don't. So it wasn't only it probably in the like early 90s that everyone sort of agreed like, OK, let's just call it from from now on, like even though it's a weird sounding word, let's just call it vegan. Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? How how far it's come on, you know, since the 80s. Did you kind of go vegan overnight or was it kind of a slow thing? Well, I had this sort of epiphany. In 1984, uh, I had grown up <clears throat> the way the vast majority of people grow up, which was with, I had the central paradox of loving animals, but also loving going to Burger King. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I adored, we had so many different rescue animals, you know, lab rats, iguanas, dogs, cats, mice, everything, you know, we had just a house filled with rescue animals and I loved them more than any human being I knew, but I also went to McDonald's mm. and because that was such a dominant paradigm, you know, it still continues to be the dominant paradigm. Um, yeah. I never even questioned it. And then in 1984, I was playing with one of our rescue cats whose name was Tucker. And all of a sudden it's like that, that schism was healed and i suddenly realized like oh if if you recognize that one animal is sentient and has a rich emotional life and wants to do everything in their power to avoid pain and suffering by extension you have to realize that's true for every animal on the planet and so 1984 because of that epiphany i went vegetarian and then slowly over time uh, became vegan largely because of the book Diet for a New America by John Robbins. Because um, there wasn't much in the way of vegan literature. There was no. Peter Singer's book, there was Diet for a New America, but beyond that, I didn't know of really any good vegan information. Mm. And no social media. So it's <laughs> a different. I mean, world. social media at that point consisted of like flyers on a bulletin board at a health food store. Like that yeah. was the extent of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're here to talk about your new film, the punk rock vegan movie. So why did you decide to make this film, and who is it aimed at? Well, mainly the main reason for making it is one of my goals is to use the limited resources that I have, whether it's financial, creative. Uh, media, what have you, to try and draw attention to animal activism, to try and, you know, help move the needle away from a world where animals are used by and for humans. And so I almost think of having sort of like a philanthropic pie. And what I mean by that is traditionally philanthropy takes the form of charity. You know, in the United States, giving money to 501c3s. But there's also political activism, which has to be very separate from charity, at least in the United States. And then in the world of, to state the obvious, in the world of animal rights and animal activism, media and products are such a huge part of our movement. Um, you know, you think of Keegan and Kip and Sean Monson and, you know, Forks Over Knives and, you know, all the amazing vegan movies, animal rights movies that have been made. So I was, I became aware of the fact that very few people knew about the history of punk rock and animal rights. Mm -hmm. And so I started making this movie simply as a way of documenting that history, but also as a way of reminding people 
of the ethos that led the original punk rockers to largely become vegans and animal rights activists, that ethos of questioning everything. And if, if there are institutions and things in your life that don't conform to your values, you reject them and you replace them with something rational and ethical. So, so yeah, so it was basically to talk about the fascinating history of punk rock and animal rights and just remind people of that sort of uncompromising ethos that has largely fallen by the wayside for a lot of people in this sort of fear-based algorithm-driven culture. Mm. It was a real eye-opener for me. I had no idea that punk rock (laughs) had anything to do with you know, animal rights. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions watching it. You know, it was funny. It was um, quite hard to watch at times with, you know, seeing the animals, you know, suffering. And um, yeah, really kind of, uh, yeah, just educated me on on this kind of whole new world, which I had no idea <laughs> existed. And like you say, you know, you, you wouldn't usually put veganism and punk rock together, would you? You know, these guys are kind of like on the film screaming into a mic and um you know they're they're talking about animal rights so yeah it's uh i mean the film sort of says punk rockers are actually very compassionate people i mean especially before punk rock became more mainstream um and i'm not criticizing mainstream punk rock but like it just is inver- it's inevitable that when you have an underground cultural movement that becomes more mainstream it gets watered down. Um, and that kind of happened in the nineties with a lot of the bigger bands. Like it, you know, suddenly punk rock became about huge festivals and people stage diving. And that originally is not what it was about. You know, it was really about politics and it was about ethics. And uh, it is not surprising that a lot of people never looked closely at the at early punk rock because they just assumed it was scary people yelling at the top of their lungs. And when you yeah. stop to listen to what they're saying, oftentimes what they're yelling about is politics. It's about human rights. It's about animal rights. And uh, so, yeah, so that's what I wanted to do is just sort of show people like, oh, original, like punk rock had this remarkable streak of activism and a lot of the modern animal rights movement comes from the world of punk rock mm. you know the ethos you know the the questioning everything but also the sort of the aggressive but not violent confrontation you know going to protest going to slaughterhouses you know what the anti-vivisectionists and the alf sometimes do you know never hurting humans but being willing to very aggressively go into the world and try and, you know, right these egregious wrongs. Mm. The, one of the concepts that the film covers is um, straight edge, which I'd never heard of. Tell us about that. Well, straight edge kind of started, it was very much an American movement. I mean, it, since it spread all over the world, but it started out largely in Washington, D.C., uh, there was a band called Minor Threat and they had a song called Straight Edge. And it was basically about it's clean living. Um, you know, it was not drinking, not doing drugs, leading an ethical life and for the most part being vegan. Um, and so a lot of the early straight edge musicians and bands like Minor Threat and Youth of Today uh, were very principled people who were sober and vegan. Amazing. I mean, yeah, I'd never kind of think punk rockers would be, (laughs) I say, sober and vegan. Because the irony there is, as straight edge was developing in the States, and this is not a criticism of the UK, but the second wave of punk rock in the UK was very hedonistic. Mm, You know, it was wearing spikes on your leather jacket and having spiked hair and drinking pint after pint of lager. Like it became much more sort of like lager culture in the eighties. Yeah. Um, You know, I think of a band like anti-nowhere league or not, I'm not criticizing anyone, but it became much more like 
more pub culture than rebellion. And in the States, it became very political and very rebellious. Right. So that's the two, di- yeah, two different sort of uh, cultures in the different countries. So, I mean, the film features some of the biggest names in punk and rock history. Um, I mean, Ian McKay, uh, HR, Dave Navarro, Andrew Hurley, Steve Ignorant, Amy Lee, Captain Sensible. But it also features your dog. <laughs> is it? Is it actually your dog, Bagel? Uh, well, one of my best friends, Lindsay, uh, Bagel is her companion animal. Oh. And in making the movie, I wanted, I mean, because obviously there's a lot of very earnest elements to the movie. You know, the interviews, a lot of the content is very earnest. And I just sort of wanted to be ridiculous and break things up a little bit because one, that's just who I am, but also punk rock is, has always been this mix of the sacred and the profane, you know, the serious and the ridiculous, you know, I mean, even a band like Minor Threat, who everyone thinks are incredibly serious, it's like, they do have some songs that are just completely absurd. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I didn't, as much as some of the material in the movie is very serious, I also wanted to just sort of break it up every now and then and give, so it's not just this unrelenting barrage of, super earnest serious stuff yeah i mean you know seeing what happens to animals is not easy viewing is it necessarily so i think it's nice to have a talking dog in there kind of a bit of light relief in between (laughs) talking about serious issues and and the one thing i will say is and this is something i do in my social media and something i do in the movie is i'm perfectly happy showing animals who are in you know who are suffering not happy but i'm like i'm like and i'm okay showing you know disturbing animal you know footage of animals because it can reach people what i won't do is show animals being physically harmed Mm. like that's the one because and the reason for that is i'm you know as we all know there's so many people in the world who the moment they see footage of actual slaughter or of animals being brutalized, they shut down, like they stop watching. And so, you know, I have found like my early days of veganism, I would show people the most graphic, brutal footage or images. And more often than not, they would just refuse to look at it. Mm. And so I've had to sort of recognize that I'll show the emotion, you know, animals in distress, animals experiencing fear and trauma but not being torn apart not being bloodied um because that i just don't want to i don't want to alienate people who otherwise might be open to hearing about the issue of veganism and animal rights yeah i totally uh, totally um get where you're coming from with that i'm definitely one of those people who can't bear to watch anything Sort of oh horrible. yeah no it's yeah it's, it's too upsetting <laughs> i know and you can sort of wake up in the night you're like oh no the guys uh the guys discussed touring as uh vegans in the 80s and it's quite funny hearing them describe what they were eating um one of them said he took miso with him to make um miso soup with mcdonald's hot water <laughs> another one said he just had cold cans of corn Um, and lettuce and brown bread I mean it's amazing that these you know these guys were sort of sticking with this when they were had such measly meals yeah it was it was the nature of the you know the commitment to principle Mm. um because you know certainly for myself for everybody in the early days of touring like it it would have been much more expedient and easy to occasionally not be vegan. Mm, but yeah. I, I, for myself, I couldn't do it. Like I would rather go hungry. I would rather eat food out of a gar- out of a dumpster. I would rather eat thrown away bread than eat an animal product. And I think for a, you know, a lot of people in the animal rights movement, that's just what, you know, once you make that decision to be vegan, to no longer support, that industry like it's not only is the thought of eating meat or or dairy disgusting 
it's also just so contrary to your core principle. So yeah, the stories of like early touring and how ridiculous it was just to try and be fed. The stories are really funny, but underneath it is that unwavering commitment to principle. Do you think, so something that came to mind as I was watching the film was that, um, you know, punk rock is all about kind of going against the norm, questioning the norm. So as veganism becomes more mainstream and accepted, will it still be punk rock? Oh, yeah. I mean, because the nature of the, that that punk rock ideology, the punk rock ethos, it's not random and arbitrary. You know, it's not rejection for the sake of rejection. It's not questioning for the sake of questioning. It's principles, you know. And if all of a sudden overnight the world became a vegan world, um, it, I don't think the punk rockers would all of a sudden start going to McDonald's, mm. you know, just to be contrary. Like it's, it's, the, it's a rational contrarianism. It's a, you know, a very moral, very ethical contrarianism. I'm sure there are some punk rockers who just want to like throw bottles through plate glass windows, but it's the, the ones that I focused on in the movie are, you know, they have that, that core sort of like ethical principle. Mm. How strict are you? Would you go to McDonald's and eat a vegan burger? Uh, I mean, I am glad that the world is becoming more, mainstream vegan um i personally would never go to mcdonald's and have a vegan burger uh the same way like lab grown meat like i have a few friends who have you know um clean meat companies mm. and i'm all in favor of them i won't eat it but yeah. i'm glad that the you know same with the impossible burger i'm glad it exists personally i don't really want to eat it but like i'm very glad that it's out there yeah yeah exactly are you um sort of mainly like whole food plant based are you pretty healthy yeah i mean uh, as time has passed i have definitely become more and more of a very clean a clean eating vegan. I mean, like I love vegan junk food sometimes and I love that it's out there, but I simply am quite happy eating whole foods, eating, you know, food that's good for me. That's also hundred percent vegan. Mm -hmm. But at the, at the same time, other people, like I spent decades being a junk food vegan for the most part, you know, like I loved deep fried vegan food. I loved you know, greasy vegan Chinese food that I could get in Chinatown in New York. Like I, I loved it, but time has passed. I'm just less interested. Yeah. There's so much temptation out there now with so many new products all the time. It's hard to, it's hard to stay on the clean eating, isn't it? Sometimes. Well, it's especially interesting because I mean, I, I still have a hard time believing that there is vegan cheese and it's good and there are vegan donuts and there's vegan ice cream and there's vegan pizza i mean los angeles we have at least five 100 vegan pizza restaurants amazing love that um i mean they're to put it in perspective there are more vegan restaurants within a one mile radius of my house in los angeles than there were in the entire world in 1987 wow <laughs> that's crazy is that where you live then los angeles yeah, I moved here about 12 years ago. Oh, okay. Lovely. Is it nice and warm down there at the moment? Or uh, Actually, we're having a wonderful, cold, wet winter. It's the only place in the world where when you have a cold, wet winter, people get excited. Oh, um, <laughs> sounds horrible being it, in the UK. It's what we have all the time. I mean, when I say cold and wet, it's, you know, meaning it's rained a little bit and it's, you know, in the mornings, it's chilly. So it's like cold and wet by LA standards, which would basically be summer by Northern European standards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just talk about Kat Von D, who appears in the movie. Um, she talks about being in a constant state of mourning, um, which is something that, you know, sort of really struck a chord with me. Um, because, you know, I think when you when you know, when you learn what goes on, 
um, in factory farms and things like that. It's it does really sort of play on your mind, doesn't it? That so many animals are suffering every day. Is is that? Could you can you relate to that? Do you do you feel that? Yeah, I mean, I relate to the idea of grief and mourning, but there's another aspect to it, which is just bewilderment. Mm. You know, and and I was talking about this with uh, someone yesterday that most of us, when we learn the truths about animal agriculture, you know, when we learn that one trillion animals are killed by and for humans every year, when we learn that the 90% of rainforest deforestation is done to support animal agriculture. Um, You learn about the consequences of animal eating animals for your health, for communities, for antibiotic resistance. You know, you learn that animal agriculture is the worst industry that humans have ever existed. And once you learn this, you then tell people about it and you assume, at least I did for years, I assumed that like once people heard the truth of animal agriculture, they would stop supporting it. Mm. You know, the simple fact that like, you can go into a room of people and say, okay, raise your hands. Who here loves animals? Everyone will raise their hand. Then you say, raise your hands. Who here is deeply troubled by animal suffering? They keep their hands raised. And then you have the next question. Okay, who here is a vegan? Everyone puts down their hands. Like Mm. the fact that everyone is horrified by animal suffering But the vast, the overwhelming majority of people on the planet continue to actively support it while also hurting their health and destroying the environment. Like it's it's so mind boggling that like it's not just grief, it's complete confusion dealing with a species who just are behaving so completely irrationally. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it just feels like such a mountain to climb, doesn't it? You know, you just want to mm-hmm. kind of tell the world what is going on and just say stop. But <laughs> yeah, it can be um, can be frustrating. Um, Kat Von D also talks about the idea that, um, you know, veganism isn't like a faith-based idea. It's actually, you know, this is science. And I ha- actually had this argument with someone the other day, you know, because a lot of people say, well, that's your belief, you know, okay, that's your belief, veganism, but I don't believe in that, or that's not my, you know, but it's, it's not a belief, it's science, isn't it? You know, the science says it's better for our health, it's better for the planet. I find that, um, I found that quite an interesting point. I mean, we do live in this era, especially in the United States, but in other countries, clearly as well, where like, people take their opinions very seriously. And if you dare to challenge their opinion with fact or science, they get very upset. Like in the United States, if you go to Trump supporters and say climate change is real and guns kill people, they will be furious with you. I'm like, yeah, but these are facts. Like like, there are things that are opinions. You know, you could be a jazz fan or not be a jazz fan. You know, you can enjoy The Simpsons or not enjoy The Simpsons. Like those are opinions. (laughs) But like. There's certain things like gravity. Gravity is a fact. You know, climate change is a fact. And one trillion animals being killed by and for humans every year to the detriment of humans and the climate and the environment. That's just it's a simple fact. And if people choose to ignore it or reject it, uh, that's their choice. But they can't claim that. our our believing in science and facts is an opinion like it's we believe in science and facts what do you think the best sort of route is to take for for those of us who you know pretty much all vegans feel so passionate don't they like you um about you know trying to change people's habits and get them to you know stop supporting these horrible industries what do you know what do you think the best form of activism is uh I honestly think it's different for each person. You know, um, some people might be concerned with their health, but not concerned about the climate. Some people might be concerned with the climate and not concerned about their health. Some people might love animals, but not care about the environment. Some people might care about the rainforest and not care about animals. Like Mm. it's, I feel like it's different for everyone. Um, And that's the, one of the big challenges of being an activist is, 
going out into the world and trying to bring a unique message to each person. You know, um, if you go to some angry sociopath and try to get them to be compassionate towards the plight of animals, they're going to ignore you. But maybe that same person is interested in erectile dysfunction and being in good shape. And so you can say to them like, hey, well, you know, a vegan diet, basically because it's so low in pernicious saturated fats, will prevent erectile dysfunction and enable you to be thin and healthy. So honestly, it's that, it's that challenging strategy of like being different in your approach with every person. That is such a good answer. I'm going to remember that. Personalized activism. I think we just invented something. <laughs> it's frustrating because like you just want to scream at everybody. But <laughs> activism, I mean, the thing I always have to remind myself is activism has to serve the animals. Yeah. You know, it's not there to make me feel good. It's not there to make anyone feel good. It's there to serve the animals and create a more compassionate, more ethical, rational world. Mm. Oh, it's been so nice chatting to you. Um, what? Where can people watch the film? Oh, well, the goal is to give it away for free. So, um, cause I, whenever I, when I do things in the activist world, I try to structure it as much as I can so that there's no way for me to benefit from it. You know, I used to own a restaurant here in Los Angeles and the money from that restaurant went to charity um, with the movie. We're basically going to give it away. So it's going to be on all the free platforms, YouTube, Vimeo starting, I believe in February um, because I also with this sort of content, uh, I don't, I'm going to try and be very diplomatic, but there are a lot of the streaming services who, in order for them to buy this movie or to make this movie available, I would have to compromise. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not willing to, um, you know, some friends of mine made a movie recently and they had a deal with one of the streaming services. And then the streaming service went to them and said, oh yeah, but you criticize McDonald's, you criticize these other things. Like you need to take that out of the movie for us to stream it. And they were like, well, no, we, that's like, is this a vegan movie? You can't (laughs) not make it a vegan movie and have it still be a vegan movie. And so as a result, the deal with the streaming service fell through because they didn't want to offend their viewers or their corporate sponsors. So, um, yeah. So, so that's why I just, in, in February, giving it away for free, people can do whatever they want with it. They can download it. They can stream it. They can re-edit it. They can like, honestly, like it's, it's sort of, it's, I'm putting it out into the world for people to do whatever they want with. I love that. Well, thank you for everything that you do. Just before you go, are you hopeful for the future? Uh, I'm hopeful for the future because humans won't be here very much longer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, and it's a, it's a perhaps something I should keep to myself, but like, I think the best future probably involves a world without humans because we are a terrible species. I mean, the last few thousand years, all we do is kill each other, destroy each other, destroy the environment, destroy animals. Like I, I personally am rooting for like a world where nature can go back to just being nature without humans. Yeah, it would be a better world. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a painful process, but unless <laughs> unless humans figure it out, unless humans figure out how to be compassionate towards one another, compassionate towards animals, compassionate towards the environment, but barring that, I think a world without people would probably be the best idea. Mm. Yeah, well, we just need to keep striving for change. Come on, guys, we can yeah. do this. We can change the world. <laughs> One podcast at a time, one uh, mm-hmm. rock movie at a time. Well, thank you so much, Moby. It's been amazing to chat to you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. It was a great pleasure speaking to you as well. Well, that certainly was a big honour getting to chat to Moby and I really hope you enjoyed the interview with him. Don't forget you can join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simply Vegan. We have the video of today's interview on there. We have the video with uh, Derek Sarno, Chris Cara from last week. So um, you can yeah sign up from £2 a month and there's lots of downloads and other exclusive content. You can also subscribe to Vegan Food and Living magazine by heading to veganfoodandliving.com 
forward slash podcast and try an issue for just 99p. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.